My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, hello, hello. This is Dominique Drew with Radical Intimacy. It's Wednesday night. Welcome to the show. Super glad to have you joining me today. I very much appreciate it. Uh, Whether you are on your way home for work and you need a good distraction or you're lonely at home in your mom's basement and you just want to feel like you have some company, (laughs) whatever it is that brought you in, or you're tuning in from the rooftop of your New York City penthouse and enjoying the sunshine with a glass of, I don't know, let's say maybe a nice Cabernet, Pinot Noir. It's early. You know, got to work up in the intensity. Uh, Wherever you are tuning in from, I'm thrilled to have you here. Um, We have a great show for you today. If you would like to tune in at any point with your impressions, thoughts, opinions, questions, please feel free to do so. You can call me at 708-793-7769. That's 708-793-7769. And you're welcome also to con- to contact me on Twitter at Dominie Drew. That's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y-D-R-E-W. Uh, again, D-O-M-I-N-E-Y-D-R-E-W. D-R-E-W at Dominie Drew. So please feel free to look me up and uh, and contribute. I'm always happy to hear what my listeners have to say. And I'm always uh, I'm always wanting feedback and and to answer your actual questions. That's that's what I'm here for. So <clears throat> so we are online at Dominie Drew on Twitter. We are on Skype. You can call on through. Um and uh, and I had a couple of things that I want to talk to you about today. First, a little bit about me. Um, I am a, I, I'm a men's personal and dating coach, particularly for single men. I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. So what that basically means is I take, uh, I take single men on a process of self-discovery and mindset management that really helps them see how they're holding themselves back from meeting the person they want. So the work that I do. It's not dating advice. I'm not going to tell you to change what you wear or change where you go or things like that. We talk about that a little bit uh, in my course, which I designed, which is called The Art of Attraction. Uh, The Art of Attraction is a two-month online course. You can do it from anywhere in the world. It involves, um, you know, working online, uh, teachings, downloadable PDFs, exercises, things like that. And then you work with me individually as well, because it's the individual work that really, really takes you the farthest, the fastest. Um, and in this course, I, I basically, you know, help you see how you're holding yourself back from that fulfilling relationship, whatever that means for you. You know, a lot of people who come to me are looking for life partners. You know, they're over the dating scene. They're men in their 30s, 40s, 50s that are, you know, tired of dating and tired of you know, talking to tweens. You know, they want a real woman. They want someone who's a who's a companion who can be by their side and and really enrich them. You know, like that that real partnership, uh, a substantial relationship, as I like to say. Um, uh, but not everyone. You know, some some men they're in relationships with men or they're you know single and gay. Um, sometimes you know they're not looking for a woman. They're just looking for you know to be happier when they're single. You know, they they're, they want to be single and they they just want to be happier being single. 
you know, some people, you know, this is about finding your ideal relationship. So maybe your ideal relationships is a really epic friends with benefits relationship, which by the way, I think is great. I think that friends with benefits is an incredibly sacred relationship that's really, uh, really underappreciated in the world. Um, so, so, so if that's what you want, then, then great. I have zero agenda for people being in relationships. Um, it's, it's not something that you need to do. I don't think that there's something wrong with single people. That's, that's all, none of that is accurate. None of that is accurate. Please know that. <laughs> and if someone, you know, does, does come at you with that, then feel free to challenge it. You know, what is it? Why would I need to have a partner? What is it, you know, how, how is it that I can't be happy on my own? And in fact, that's what we end up really doing in the course is, is bringing it back to, you know, what is it about you that feels like you need, that you, that, you know, that you need this? Um, so we always, you know, we look at everything. We look at everything. And it's a, as I said, it's a process of self-discovery and mindset management, which basically is, is bringing self-awareness. You know, my, my expertise is in, is in helping people see how they're stopping themselves, how they're blocking themselves. Because the fact of the matter is that it doesn't matter how much you want a relationship or that friends with benefits or more passion or more intimacy or whatever it is that you're seeking. Um, it doesn't matter how much you want it if you're working against yourself. And I'll tell you right now, if you are in the position of having something, you know, of wanting something and not having it, then you are working against yourself. That is the definition of it. Because, you know, if you look at it from, a, from an energetic perspective, from a spiritual perspective, you know, what you want will manifest immediately if there's no blocks in front of it. I have experienced it many times. I've helped people experience it many times. It may sound uh, a little wild, but it's, it's actually true. Um, and I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that if I hadn't, you know, been through a lot of the, the, seen a lot of the evidence for myself. Um, but it is actually accurate. And so, um, so, you know, and I've, I've worked with in, in other areas in the past, I've helped people find the career of their, you know, of their dreams that they really longed for. It's, it's, it's the same process for everything because whatever it is, you're, you're holding yourself back. And once you find out how you're doing that, um, you know, which we discover together, that's what the, the, the art of attraction, the course is about, you can really, you can really fly. I mean, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole shift. So it's not about advice. It's not about, you know, learning to talk to women. You don't need to learn how to talk to women. I mean, truthfully, like there's a lot of myths out there. Um, and I was just, you know, writing some information about this, an article about this earlier today, um, that hopefully I'll have published soon. That's really just, it's, it's, you know, people sort of see it as, as com completely backwards. Like they're like, oh, I, I don't know how to talk to women. Well, you know, that's a self-confidence issue. That's about being inside you. It's not about how you talk to women. You know, it's about the beliefs that you carry and that's what's stopping you from talking to women. So, so addressing the problem on the top half actually doesn't create that much change. And that's why the work that I do is so much more powerful. And then a lot of, you know, the work that I see coaches doing out there in general, um, because it's really, it's, this is the bottom half. This is, this is the depth. This is the, the source as opposed to treating the symptoms, which is, oh, I can't get laid or I can't, um, you know, I attract women fine, but then I get bored easily or, you know, women always leave me or, you know, whatever it is that you're particular, these are patterns, right? These are psychological and behavioral patterns. And um, from that place, you, th that's not the problem. You know, you're treating a symptom and you're not treating the, the disease, the cause. It's not a disease, bad example. <laughs> because these are, these are beliefs. You know, what, what we end up working with is, is these underlying beliefs that you carry about the world and about yourself and you don't, you don't realize that you do, okay? So you're out there trying to... Um, you know, to operate in the world and, and you don't even realize, you know, what your system's doing. You know, you don't even, you know, you sort of think that the world just kind of is how it is and you are how you are, but there's so much interaction between what you put out and what you get back. It's really extraordinary. And that's what we, what we look into in the art of attraction. So if you're interested in learning more about that, uh, please feel free to visit my website, uh, dominiedrew.com, D-O-M-I-N-E-Y-D-R-E-W. And um, dominiedrew.com gives you a little you know, information about the course and a little information about me. And, um, it's a good, it's a good resource. So feel free to check that out if you're interested. So 
<clears throat> today what I wanted to talk about a bit is um, uh, a little bit about, you know, this this current events thing happening, this um, Harvey Weinstein uh, event that has gone on and and how it's how it's impacting how I'm seeing it impact um, uh, men that I've that I've had very deep discussions about this with and what I'm seeing around in in life and on Facebook and in research and um, and in the news so and this you know this Me Too movement um, so to give you a quick re- recap you most people are probably aware of this by now it's it's been it's hit pretty big news but. Harvey Weinstein, who is um, a major Hollywood producer, a big mogul, you know, big Hollywood titan um, from, you know, for, for absolute decades, um, was accused of sexual harassment by Ashley Judd, um, who's a, a well-known actress. And she um, she basically said that he, you know, he, he abused her or he raped her. I can't remember her exact story, but, but basically what ended up happening is he, I believe he resigned from his company um, I think maybe last week. And then people just started coming out of the fucking woodwork. And it has been one woman after another. And I think several men. Um uh now it's been and now it's up to up to 40, like major actresses. Gwyneth Paltrow came out and Angelina Jolie came out. And um, you know, Kate Beckinsale. I mean, just huge, just just, you know, major actresses in Hollywood right now um came out and said the exact same thing that hit that he had he'd uh, either sexually harass them or actually outwardly rape them. And apparently his line um, to get them in to, or like, you know, from whatever business meeting to like his bedroom or whatever was like, let's go, let's go give each other massages. <laughs> Which I just don't think is, uh, I just think you can be smoother. You know, if you're going to sexually harass someone, I feel like there could be more class in it. You know, if you're going to do something, do it well. Um, so anyways, but this has led to this, uh, this Me Too movement, this hashtag Me Too movement, um, which in case you're confused, which I have been, um, that's why all your friends are writing Me Too on their Facebook. Um, and basically the Me Too movement is, is put up by, by people who have experienced sexual harassment themselves. Probably not from Harvey Weinstein. Depends who, who's on your Facebook. So, so anyway, so since then, so now this is, this is sort of blown up and it's now a thing. And... <clears throat> This obviously relates to women's issues and and you know sexual harassment in the workplace and how that's you know definitely a thing. Um, women are taken advantage of a lot in the film industry and of course that's not the only the only place. Um, so so a pet, pet peeve that I've kind of that's that's been stirred in me with this movement. Um, I think the you know hashtag Me Too is 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 great if that's something that you feel comfortable um, you know putting out about yourself. That's that's a pretty uh, exposed position uh, to be in, but if it you know helps to f- make you feel like you have solidarity and support, then that's fantastic and good for you. And do what you got to do. Um, what's been bothering me is that there have been several men who have tried to um, post Me Too um, and express that they've had you know difficulties or been abused, and women are attacking them, which I think, dear listener, is fucking bullshit. There is no, you know, just because, you know, it, it happens more often to women than it does to men does not mean, A, it doesn't happen to men. It happens to a lot of men, by the way. And if you're going to have a solidarity movement, don't be fucking cutting people out of it. You know, somebody wants to show solidarity with you or worse yet, like these people have actually been through the same experience. Then like attacking them is not that that is not in any way acceptable just no. That is my response to that. Nope, not a thing. So, <clears throat> um, and and you know what? People never really talk about um, uh, uh, men getting sexually abused, and I think that fucking sucks because I've met a lot of men um, who have that experience, and and you know either don't talk about it or you know who does talk about it really. I mean it's. I don't know, but the 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 way that the female responds, um, I think, is really important in this time, especially especially for men. So, um, I think one in one in ten rape victims is male, and that's a lot. That's ten percent. Um, I think people think that it sort of happens every once in a while, or oh, you know, maybe it happened that that one time or a couple hundred times per year, um, and it's been you know it's been almost. Three million 
men, 3% of American men, 3% have experienced some sort of attempted or even or completed rape in their lifetime. And it may be more than that, to be perfectly honest. Um, that's just the, the stat that I read, um, you know, earlier today. But I actually heard it being quite a bit more that, that closer to, to 20 or 30%. Not of men, excuse me, of rape victims were, were male. So, so it, it happens a lot more than we, than we say that it does. And it's really important to, to remember that because while it's really important to support women who have had a difficult time with this, um, you know, discounting men or worse, you know, demonizing men is, is not only not the solution, it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it perpetuates the, the problem. It makes it worse. It's a rewounding experience, which is, um, you know, by that what I mean is let's say that, you know, you're a male and you were sexually abused when you were a child, you know, even if, you know, you're, I don't know, your dad's friend was playing with you or you, you know, had unwanted advances from your friend's mom or your own mother or, you know, however that, however that went. So if that happens, um, you know, that's, that's a wounding experience, right? If you grow up and then try and heal that experience by, by expressing it or by seeking support and then that support shuts you down again, like you don't fucking know what you're talking about. You're a man. You don't understand sexual harassment. You're the one who causes it. Like, can you feel that? Like, the, the pain that that must cause when you've been through something painful. And, and, and this is why this, this oh God, these particular bitches just piss me off so much because they're so upset because no one believes women <laughs> and no one respects that they're being hurt when they're being hurt, that they're, that they're, you know, that they say something about it and they're not believed, they're not heard, they're not listened to. And yet they're doing the exact same thing to men who are trying to take part in their, in their movement. So, so, so that's why it's really, it's a, it's a pet peeve. You know, it's not like, obviously there's different perspectives and I suppose you could argue that like, you know, female harassment is not the same as male harassment. It, it, it's irrelevant. <laughs> it's irrelevant if your intention, as the, these women express, is to be heard and to accept and listen to people who traditionally have had no voice, right? The, a lot of these, the sexual harassment that's happened decades ago, right? Um, so anyway, so, so there's a lot of that um, that's, that's going around, but this is also, it's really, you know, it's really important to be, it's really important to be, to be heard on this, on this subject. So, so my, my concern, I started thinking about this because obviously, you know, I'm a men's coach. This is my field. Um, I don't have a whole lot of clients who come to me with specifically with sexual harassment issues, but it has happened before several times. Um, and, or, or they come up, you know, they come up through the process of self-discovery and awareness and, um, suddenly we're, we're talking about childhood and deep things tend to come up because that's how shit changes. And that's the fact of the matter, people. That is how shit changes. You go deep, you find, you know, the, the, the pain that you're holding there and you, you, you make a different choice. You choose to let it go, right? And that's how, that's how things move. So, <clears throat> so obviously I'm concerned about this, but my concern is, is really about the reactions I see from men. Okay. Um, and so, you know, this, this uh, current event just sort of brought this up, you know, kind of created the topic. But really, this is what I want to talk about. I see a few different reactions from men on this type of topic, okay, of, of, of sexual harassment in general, but of women's sexual harassment in particular, okay? Um, one will be, you know, it's, it's not that bad. They're lying. They're exaggerating. Uh, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> that is, whew, that's terrible. Um, so, I mean, that, that could be your response to the type of thing, but I'm not even going to address the, you know, those males because that's, that's not even, and generally that's, that's not, I don't see a huge amount of that. Um, but, you know, if that's your reaction, if, if you hear something like, oh, women are coming out and saying that they were sexually harassed and your response is they're exaggerating, or it's not that bad, then maybe may worth looking inward, <laughs> checking what, what that's about. Um, but the, the more common response that I have found is men hating on men. Um, men punishing each other, 
basically. Um, you know, talking on on Facebook about how, um, you know, or Instagram or whatever, some sort of social media, on how, you know, men are aggressive and that, you know, you have no idea how it can feel and nothing you can ever do can tell you how it, you know, can, can communicate to you how that feels. And so you should just kind of like be punished, basically. And that is neither accurate nor useful. It really isn't. Um, punishing other men, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of spreading, you're sort of spreading the trauma instead of minimizing or healing it. Um, often what I find is that people who expound upon that, you know, greatly or have a whole bunch of stories or talk about, you know, how, you know, you should, you should be hurting yourself in order to, you know, understand how it feels like to, feels to be a woman or things like that. These sort of, um, feminazi type males, (laughs) um, is there's, there's, there's deep guilt within, um, and there's deep pain within that that person who's expounding on those ideas and suggesting these these sort of um, kind of bizarre responses are feeling that they're unwilling they're unwilling to really dive into that pain. Um, and so they avoid it with and and cover it up with anger, which, by the way, is what anger tends to be in general. If you feel angry about something, just about always, if you look underneath the surface of the anger, there is pain, okay? But anger is very powerful, okay? And it's easier to feel than pain. So what we'll do is we'll protect ourselves. You know, it's like, well, that hurts a whole lot. I sure as fuck don't want to feel that. So, God, I can't believe this is happening. You see what I mean? So you sort of escalate it, but you cover it up. You cover it up with, um, with anger. And then often guilt will also be... Um, will also be a layer even on top of that or potentially underneath the, the anger. Um, but this is a really powerful phenomenon. Um, and, and, and man-hating, whether it's from, from men or from women, is, I mean, it's, it's never okay in my book. It's flat out not okay. It doesn't solve, you know, inequality problems or female harassment problems or, <laughs> or you know, it's not, it's, it's not, structured in a way that can help or change or make any difference. Um, it's just, you know, trying to place blame. Again, if, if, um, if I as a woman feel out of control and um, I, I feel, yeah, literally, literally out of control of, of life, like, you know, things are happening all, all over. I'm, a, you know, the, I'm not getting paid as much. I'm feeling, you know, insecure or... Um, or uncertain about my, you know, the safety of my sexuality when I'm around men, whatever, whatever. It doesn't help to lash out at at men. You see what I mean? If um, if I need to if I need to come from that place, if I need to come from that place of of anger, of being upset, um, then that probably means that I'm unable to deal with my you know, it, it's a scapegoat. You know, if, let me blame you for it because I feel like I can't handle it. Okay? I feel as though I can't handle it. And that's important. Because then you see the issues about me. It's not about you. Um, if I'm a woman, I feel out of control and I'm blaming you for being a man because you're the source of all problems. That's about me. That says something about me, not about you. Okay? That's a really important distinction. Um, the way I react to people around me is on me, not on you. Which is not to say that you can go around and expect, you know, and 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 act with disregard for consequences, because there are consequences, right? But um there's no there's there's a balance there, okay? Um, one of the things that I go over on my course is is language and how we use language. So if you're you know, you're in a relationship and you're like, oh my God, she makes me crazy. She makes me crazy. Okay. Um, that's a powerful statement, right? You probably say it in an offhand way or as a joke to get laughs. 
But if we break it down, if we sort of slow that down and break it down a little bit, that's a pretty intense thing to say. It's also an, an, an inaccurate thing to say. Okay? She makes me crazy. So a couple things are happening is, one, I'm blaming you. You're the one who's making me crazy. Um, and two, I'm now a victim in that situation. Just with a phrase. This is what happens. This is how powerful language is and, and these, these, these little things that, we, that without our awareness, we just sort of slide by. But let's look at it in detail. She makes me crazy. Well, if that's a true statement, I'm powerless to adjust or change that in any way. Does that make sense? I am, I am totally disempowered. She's the one making me crazy. She is controlling my emotions. She is causing me to be a certain way. Okay? So first of all, that's impossible. Can't do it. Okay? I cannot make you feel anything. That is not a thing that is within my power to do. I could attempt to evoke emotion. I could play you a really sad song, or I could try and get you horny and show you porn, you know, but I can't make you, I cannot directly, literally make you feel anything. So a lot of these phrases that we, that we use totally offhand and unconsciously, remember how I said my program is about bringing the unconscious and making it conscious? This is why. Because you, you have this, frustrating relationship. You don't know why it's frustrating, right? You just know that it's not working and that she's always bitching at you or she's always nagging or you're always, you know, getting in trouble or, you know, whatever it is, it's your story, what you've decided about this. You are totally, in any of the scenarios I just listed off, disempowered. Okay? Which means you can't fix it. That's why disempowerment matters. Because if you're disempowered, you can't fix it. You're stuck. There is literally nothing to do, okay? And it's also just flat out inaccurate because again, she cannot make you feel anything, okay? So she doesn't make you crazy. She does X and you respond with Y and Y is what you're calling crazy, okay? So, so, so you might rephrase, let's say she makes me crazy. Let's say, um, yes, I, you know, every time she, you know, brings up my curfew or that I stay out too late, I get extremely frustrated. Okay. So I know that that's like kind of deliberate speech, but like from that perspective, can you see how that totally shifts the situation? I mean, totally shifts it. Like now it's like, oh, well, when X happens, then, you know, I feel, I feel Y. And even that is like a little, well, it's like you're, you're putting that responsibility a little bit over. So you can see how this, how this sort of happens on a really subtle level. So, so disempowerment um, is, is a really huge piece of a lot of different, a lot of different topics. So, <clears throat> so when they're blaming, when, when the men are blaming each other, um, punishing each other, for, for being rapists, it's, it's you know, there, there's, it's nothing near, um, it's nothing near what it, what it needs to be. The intention, of course, is, is to help or to commiserate with women, which is great. But what ends up happening is, is this punishment that, that, that gets in really deep. So, <clears throat> and, and, and again, I want to say that again, the intention there is to help, but you're not. So these people that I'm seeing on Facebook that are, um, you know, uh, someone gave an example of um, this, this ball tap, um, this ball tap uh, suggestion, which was like, um, you should, you know, that, that men sort of start this movement where they just walk down the, the street and then just like, bam, like hit each other in the balls to, to, ha- to give an idea of what it feels like to be a woman and how pain could be around any turn. So can you see how, <laughs> you know, this person, I think, thought that he was doing some good, but it, it did not have that effect. And there was this huge, you know, rant, of course, and, and um, you know, I don't get into things like that on Facebook, but but I, I read a few of these posts and, and people were, were very upset and, and it's not, it was not 
achieving the goal that he, that he was, you know, intending it to achieve. So, so, so be aware of that. If, if that is your natural inclination, sort of go, yeah, men are the worst in order to side with women. Um, there's a balance there and we'll, we'll talk about that later. Another reaction that I see to this is um, men minimizing their masculinity or apologizing for it. Your masculinity is a beautiful, stunning, fabulous thing. Okay? It's really great. It is not a negative thing. It is a very, very positive thing and an extremely essential energy in the, in the world, right? Like psychologically, mentally, emotionally, evolutionarily, <laughs> you know, we need men. Men are, men are fabulous creatures, okay? So if, if, if your inclination is to react to situations like this with apologizing, with trying to hide your masculinity. I have this experience with a number of people who, um, of, of friends of mine who are male, who are so identified with the, with the female plight that they don't really identify with the, with the male plight. You know, they want to commiserate so badly that they they discard their own masculinity. And that does, also, that does not achieve the goal. It doesn't. Um, I think the, the attempt, the intention there, from what I can he- hear and understand, is that um, they're wanting to, they're really wanting to feel safe for women. I had someone say to me the other day that someone had said that they were a safe male and that that was the most flattering thing he'd ever heard about himself. It's the best compliment he'd ever given. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not, that's not, that's not distorted. Um, And it's, it's a little bit of this, this, this indication of this, this larger phenomenon, right? And this larger phenomenon, you know, if you sort of, I guess I just thought it was interesting that he said that was the best compliment, that that was the very best thing he could be was safe. Like that's the best thing you can be as a male is not violent, okay? And that's not really true. Now, is that an important thing to be? Yeah, like if you're someone who is safe to be around and women can really open her up around you, first of all, you will have better sex. I will tell you here and now. Because if a woman can relax and open up with you, then, oh boy, absolutely. Um, you know, they'll, they will open up. They will feel comfortable and they, they won't be reserved. They won't be saying no. They'll be like, yes, 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 give me more. Now, the, the other side of this um, I'll just put in here really quickly, which I also have a lot of clients come to me who um, who are too safe, who are friend-zoned, bam, like that. And they, they come to me and they're like, I don't understand why I can't, you know, get a woman, all the women want assholes, you know, I'm the nice guy, nice guys finish last, yada, yada, yada. Oh my God, don't even get me started on my pet peeve on fucking nice guys finish last. It is the biggest cop-out that you can find. Um, so, <clears throat> so, so being safe, you know, is, is, is really, you know, it's, it's an important, it's a beautiful thing. Now, there's more to that. The question is, okay, rather than minimizing your masculinity, apologizing for your power, for your maleness, feeling guilty for it, pushing it aside so that you can be more feminine, okay? This is coming back to the nice guys finish last thing, is not actually the healthy response, okay? That's denying who you are because you're afraid of what you could be. Let me explain. Men are assertive creatures, generally, okay? Um, Assertiveness 
is a wonderful quality. Assertiveness helps you pull out into traffic when you need to do so, you know, swiftly and, you know, go, go now, right? When it's safe to do so, you will pull out into traffic assertively. It's great. It will help you to speak up in a crowd. It will help you speak to a woman. It will help you voice your needs. It will help you hold your boundaries. All of these things are, are from assertiveness. Assertiveness is a core quality, okay? It's something that, other, that some people are um, gifted with, you know, more, more easily than others, same as any core quality. Some people are naturally more intelligent. Some people are naturally more artistic. Some people are naturally more eloquent. Some people are naturally more assertive, okay? What happens when people start apologizing for their masculinity is that they're, they're protecting themselves from being what they think essentially they might be or what they think men are, which is aggressive. They think that men are aggressive. And so to, to, uh, to compensate for that, they apologize for the masculinity and try and be more feminine or more safe. Okay? Now, aggression and assertiveness are not the same thing. This is very important. Assertiveness is a core quality. Okay? It is, again, a positive force in the world. When someone who is naturally assertive goes into defense, they will distort to aggression. Okay? So aggression is the distortion of assertion, excuse me, of assertiveness. Not insertion. <laughs> There's no distortion of insertion. That's always great. <laughs> so aggression is the distortion of assertiveness. So, <clears throat> so again, when someone is naturally assertive, when that comes naturally to a person and they, and they feel defensive, they will begin to get aggressive. But that doesn't mean that assertiveness is bad. Do you see the distinction? It's quite important. Um, because, because then what ends up happening is you're so afraid of being aggressive that you won't even be assertive. And that's where the nice guy finishes last comes in. Okay? You're so concerned about being an asshole, being a dick, of frightening women, of you know, being one of those guys, these people have issues around men, by the way. That's one of the things we address in my course. They're so concerned about that that they don't even let themselves be assertive. They don't let themselves stand in their power. Okay? But someone who is standing in their power is not aggressive. That's not, those are not the same thing. Okay? Healthy masculinity is a very powerful thing. So is healthy femininity, actually. Um, but let's focus on just masculinity for a minute here. So when you are, you know, standing in your natural maleness, right? And you're not concerned about how you're being seen, if it's too aggressive or if it's not aggressive enough or whatever, and you, you're comfortable with yourself and you're comfortable with your own power, that is an extremely attractive place to be. Extremely attractive. Now, this is also a nonviolent place, right? You're standing your power as in, you know, if I went up to you and, um, and said, I hate your shirt, randomly, you know, you wouldn't attach to that or, you know, be super concerned about, you know, it, it's not about being aloof though. I don't mean you wouldn't be concerned about it, but you might say, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. See how there's no lashing out. There's no aggression. But there's also no, oh my God, really? I'm so sorry. God, do you want me to change? Because I totally can. Apparently when I'm a man, I turn into a valley girl. Um, <laughs> but but so, you see what, so you see what's happening. So when you're standing clearly in your power, you're relaxed. You're not fighting because there's no need to fight because you don't have to protect yourself because you firmly believe in your in your okayness. For example, you know, if I sort of, you know, if I just go up to you and I say, oh my God, I hate your shirt, <clears throat> and you lash the hell out, 
You're like, fuck you. I hate your fucking shirt and your face is stupid. <laughs> so if that, if that happens, what does that mean? That indicates that you have, that that person who I just insulted randomly has an issue around that area. Maybe it's around being insulted by women. Maybe it's about his shirt. Maybe it's about, um, you know, he has really low self-worth. But, but the fact that he's lashing out, that he's turning, again, he's turning that assertiveness into aggression. The fact that he's lashing out with aggression indicates an insecurity, okay? He feels he needs to defend himself. If you're standing in your power, there is no need to defend yourself. If you're standing in your power, there's no need to defend yourself. There's no defense. <clears throat> so, so somebody could walk up to me and, and say, you know, I, I, I hate your radio show. And I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, what, you know, what, what did you... What did you hate exactly? But you see how I'm, I'm engaging them. I'm curious. I'm open because I love my radio show or my shirt or whatever. You know, this, that, that means a lot to me. I enjoy it. It's fun. Um, if I'm worried about what people think already, which is a self-worth issue, right? Not, that, not, you know, not to say that you're never going to be concerned about what people think, I mean, if, you're, if your happiness is residing outside of yourself, you're like, oh my God, if people don't like my shirt, I'm going to freak out. Then that's where, that's where you can see that there's, there's that underlying insecurity. And when there's insecurity, you have to defend yourself. Okay, because there's an underlying belief that, that you're not actually okay. If you fundamentally believe on some level that you're unlovable, then you will you will fight, you will fight to prove that you are lovable. You know, I'll be like, I'm so sorry, I don't love you. And it'll, you know, crush your world instead of just being a normal amount of pain that that might cause. Were that not more of an issue. So, so this apologizing for, for maleness is extremely damaging. It's extremely damaging. It's very important to to embrace your masculinity and not to see it as, as something negative, okay? Harvey Weinstein wasn't, you know, abusing women because he was a, a strong, healthy male, you know? I don't know why he was abusing women, but, but, but that's, not the, that's not the concern, right? So if you, you know, so, so these men, you know, that I've, been, that I've been talking to are talking about, you know, how... Ugh, men are the worst and I just try and be really safe and, and, and they're, they're, pushing, they're, they're pushing their masculinity away so it doesn't feel threatening. But masculinity is not threatening in itself. It is not. That is distortion of masculinity that then becomes a threat. Assertiveness is not threatening. I'm not fighting you. I'm not attacking you. I'm asserting myself. If I'm attacking you, it's aggression. I'm forcing, I'm forcefully coming at you. That's a different thing. Okay? So, so if this is how you're, you're sort of finding yourself responding to this and you're, you're you know, hating on other men or you're hating on yourself, um, you know, or apologizing for, for being male, that is not, maleness does not cause sexual harassment. That's not, that's not what it is. It's not about being male. Healthy masculinity is extremely powerful and very, very, very beautiful thing. Very beautiful thing. And that's a lot of what we work on in my course as well, is finding that balance, that undefended place where you can be strong in your sense of self. You can know who you are and you can know who you're not. And you don't need to, to force yourself on someone to prove that one way or the other. You don't take advantage. You don't abuse the power. You hold the power responsibly. You let yourself feel it. You let it be there. And you don't need to force it on anyone else. And this is all, of course, you know, very much true for, uh, the, for the, the feminine as well. You know, standing in the feminine power is a beautiful place to be. You know, it's stunning. And it's assertive. And it's not aggressive. 
you know, and men have, you know, more of a, an outward type of power. So it's, so it's felt more. And that's of course why, you know, things like this, uh, come up, you know, the female vibration is a little bit more, um, it's a little bit more subtle than the, in, in some ways. It also kind of flips depending on how you look at it. But it's more, you know, but it's, it's more receptive. It's more open. It's more subtle. So, so standing in your power um, is, is really, it's really quite, it's, it's a quite a huge shift. If you're able to do that, then, you know, there's not much you can't achieve in life, truly, whether you want that or not. But to embrace that um, is, is really absolutely the goal. So, so with assertiveness, you know, whether it's in, in men or it's, or it's in um, women, the trick is to how to recognize, okay, assertiveness versus aggression. Let's talk about how to recognize it. So assertiveness, um, you're, as I said, you're pulling out into traffic, you're going in for a job interview, you're being able to say that you're great. You know, oh, are you, you're coming in for a computer programming job? Okay, are you good at computer programming? That's probably not the question they'll ask. But, you know, <laughs> are, do you have skills in this area? If you're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm not bad. I mean, I went to like MIT and it's pretty good. That's pretty good. It kind of comes and goes. Are you going to hire that person? Fuck no. Assert yourself. Stand in your power. Are you good at this job? Are you a capable person? Can you, can you handle X, Y, and Z? If you're like, absolutely, yes, I can. I have 100% confidence that I can handle everything that you're telling me that I need to handle with no problem. You see what I mean? So you assert yourself. Boom. Okay. Um, an aggressive response would be you go in for your job interview and say, hey, I'm interested in computer programming. And they say, okay, are you a good computer programmer? And they'd be like, I'm the best goddamn computer programmer you've ever seen. If you don't hire me, like you're making a huge mistake. You have to hire me. See, there's, there's like a push in it. There's a push because it's, it's dependent on the other. Aggression is dependent. It's, it's in reaction to the other. Assertiveness just stands there. There's, there's no, quote unquote, there's no energy around it. Like there's no um, push or fight or drama. It's just sort of like, yes, I'm very good at what I do. I have 100% confidence in what I'm gonna, da, 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 da. And it's almost not even, it's not really the words that I'm saying, it's how I'm saying them. Um, you know, I, I could say that the, the words I just said with the aggressive, um, same way, but in an assertive way. Yes, I'm absolutely amazing at this job. I have 100% confidence and I think you'll be making a big mistake if you don't hire me. I'm going to be honest. See how there's no aggression in that? I'm not, I'm not in reaction. I'm not trying to prove anything. The, 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 the push, the, the forcefulness that comes with aggression is, 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 is underlied by insecurity. There's insecurity underneath that because you're having to prove something, which means that you're afraid it's not there. Okay? Anytime you feel like you have to, you have to prove something, then some part of you is worried that it's, it's, it's not really there. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to prove it because what, what benefit is that going to do? It's like, if there's something I'm super neutral about, you know, there's a chair in front of me. I don't feel that I need to prove the existence of this chair to people because it's just sitting there. It just, it just is, okay? That's the difference between the assertiveness and aggression as opposed to me being like, oh my God, there's a chair there. No, no, seriously, like you guys don't even fucking know. There is a chair right there. I'm going to send you a picture. You know, I'm just going to tweet a picture. I'm going to tweet a picture of the chair and then you guys are really going to know. <laughs> See what I mean? I'm like having to force it. I'm having to, to put it out there. And it's just not, you know, it's just not necessary. So, <clears throat> so you know, in the dating world, what this comes, to, comes back to, you know, people, people talk about the, the pickup artist type of things and the dating advice and the coaches, which just spend, you know, just charge exorbitant amounts of money um, to teach you picking up skills. And, and, you know, if you're working that hard at, again, the surface 
layer, the, the, the talking, the, um, the where to approach them, the how to approach, the way to get them alone from their friends, the, all these strategies, you're, you're addressing symptoms and not, and not the, the, the underlying issue. Fact of the matter is, if you feel great about yourself and you think you know, you're wearing a suit that you look fabulous in, by the way, men, dress better, especially when you go out and you're interested in taking a chick home Dress the hell up. Dress up. Make yourself look good. Take some pride in your appearance. You don't even know the shit these women went through to get to make themselves pretty, which is kind of another issue, but whatever. <laughs> but, but really, you know, up your game. Okay, anyway. So, so, so these methods, this, the, the pickup artists and the ways of talking and the, the, the tips and tricks are are overcompensating in a way. You're having to work so hard to be able to pick up women without having to to look at the fact that you don't think you're that great or you've got, you know, underlying insecurities. That's what that is. A little, you know, if you're if you're attracted to to pick up artist type things or you know, tips or tricks, it's like the, those are not the those are not the point. They're not. They're they're compensating for an underlying, you know, belief or, you know, thought pattern that you're not that great or there's something fundamentally wrong with you, which by the way, there is not, then, then you're, you're, you're still in, you're still in defense. So that, so then you'll, you may come across as, you know, it's it, that, that sort of form of aggression. You know, you may come across too strong. You may be, you know, trying too hard, you know, the concept for trying too hard. So, you know, as, as opposed to someone who's cool, confident, you know, open, but not attached to a result. Like, oh, I'd love to meet someone. But you know what? If I have to go home alone tonight, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, there's no insecurity in that. There's just calm confidence. That would be the assertive, the assertive approach. So if that person is in a bar, you know, and, you know, dressed in a beautiful suit and sees a woman that he finds attractive, <clears throat> then there is no fear of rejection. He'll walk right up. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you, what, what lines you have or what tips and tricks you have or whether or not you get her alone because you'll walk up and you'll say, excuse me, ladies, to all the girls who are surrounding her and you'll speak to the one you'll want and you say, I find you very attractive. I was wondering if I might be able to buy you a drink and have a chat with you for a moment or whatever, you know, however you decide it needs to go. But that calm, cool confidence, that, that is what people are seeking. That is what you men are, are trying to get to. You're trying to do it through these, these convoluted channels of pickup tricks. Or, you know, blaming women, blaming the dating scene. I get that a lot. Um, where a client will come in and just say, you know, I'm excuse me, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm over the scene and, and there's, there's no good women left. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to end up alone forever. The, you know, women are all on Snapchat and everyone, you know, nobody talks anymore and Tinder is this and that. And I'm like, sweetheart, it's not Tinder. Tinder is not keeping you from meeting the love of your life or getting laid or whatever your goal is. Snapchat is not keeping you from getting laid. I also think it's like one of the worst things on the planet, but that's also just like kind of me personally, <laughs> as opposed to like <laughs> the divine wisdom that normally comes out of my mouth. So, so, so this, is, this is an important shift. You need to work on you, kiddo. This is about you. Because in all of the relationships you've had and all of the women who have rejected you, and, or all the women that you haven't talked to because you were afraid, what's the common denominator in every single one of those experiences? You are. Yeah, say it with me. Woo, you are. Yep. So this is about you, okay? And what you attract and how you're seen. Because when you fix what's going on inside, when you adjust, when you become aware of what you really believe and how it's really affecting your life. Shit changes on its own, my friend. 
You know, I struggled with uh, with weight and self-confidence for years, <clears throat> years through my teens and early 20s, counted calories, hated my body, did the whole thing, right? I tried everything to lose weight, to get the body that I wanted. I worked out, you know, for huge, huge amounts for periods of time. I would, I, you know, I dieted and I tried tips and tricks, tips and tricks. <clears throat> Didn't make a goddamn difference. Not a bit. So when I discovered the personal development work, the work that I now teach, and I realized how incredibly powerful it is, all of a sudden I was like, oh, holy shit, this is amazing. And also all this stuff's going on inside me. I'm going to work on that. And I worked on that. And you know what happened? The weight fell off. It fell off. I couldn't keep it on. I can't, I can't describe to you how effortless it was. When I fixed what the actual problem was, you know, when I let go of the shit that I was holding on to that was just manifesting in my body, it fell off. All the weight just fell. So, you know, and then all of a sudden, my, um, my body had changed shape. You know, it was changing faster than I, could, than I could keep up with. All of a sudden, you know, I, I was finding clothes that, that fit me and that looked good on me. And I started finding a style that I liked. And, and I started knowing who I was a bit more in this particular area. And all of a sudden, people were attracted to me like magnets because I had cleared the things that were blocking me. People can feel what's going on psychologically, energetically, emotionally. Everything communicates. So, you know, if, if, if there's something in particular that you're struggling with, you know, I don't, don't know how to talk to women. <clears throat> Okay, well, look at, the, look at the world's reaction to you because that gives you a lot of insight. It's like, well, they, they seem interested at first, <clears throat> but then they get bored within five minutes and they leave. Or they look at me and they, you know, turn up their nose, you know, like there's something wrong with me. Okay, so then chances are, if you look inward, there is some part of you that believes that there's something wrong with you because that's what's literally being reflected to you in the world around you. And I'm talking Tinder, man. I'm talking bars. This is not, you don't have to go to an ashram to have these, these powerful experiences. It is everywhere. Every moment is this microcosm of what's happening in your life. Okay, it's a small example. So, you know, even though you're, just, you're at a bar and, you know, a woman tells you that, you know, she's not attracted to you, then, hmm, that's interesting. What part of you is not attracted to yourself? What part of you is 100% sure that you're not attractive, that no one wants you, that you're unlovable, that you're not desirable, that you're too old, too fat, too skinny? In some way, fundamentally unable to be loved. Because these are the kind of issues that it comes down to. You know, it's not just sort of about like, oh, nobody likes you. Like nobody likes me or, <clears throat> you know, I'm too, I'm too, uh, I'm too artsy or I'm too independent. Those are more adult concepts. Excuse me, guys. But when you, when you peel those back, those thoughts, which is what they are, then you, you get to the deeper beliefs and beliefs are infinitely more powerful than thoughts. They are not the same thing. Um, a belief is, is, is really uh, an assumption about reality. It's very powerful. It's very deep. Okay, a thought can come and go in a second. It's much lighter. So, you know, you have thoughts about yourself like, oh, I'm, I'm too, you know, successful and I intimidate women. Okay, well, that's an adult thought. And as we peel things back, we get down to these very basic um, these very basic statements. They're childlike because they're, these were made in childhood. You develop these beliefs in childhood. So, so you'll come all the way down to, um, you know, I'm unlovable. You know, I'm not enough. The world's unsafe. And all of these things are operating under the surface all the time. So, 
so it's really powerful. Um, it's really powerful work to come down and 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 look at these these um, these beliefs. You know, even even just in the dating world, and 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 really, you know, be aware of of how you are with your masculinity. You know, see if you notice shame around it. If you think it's too much, or you think it'll offend women, or um, or if you think it's great, everyone should have it shoved in their face all the time. You know, n- notice, notice how you are with your masculinity. It's a very powerful place to, um, to to do work. You know, and and issues like you know this this current topic really brings that up. <clears throat> but really, you know, it's 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 all the time. Are you comfortable standing in your power, being who you are? That's the question. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Dominique Drew with Radical Intimacy. I'll look forward to seeing you next week. Take very good care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.